Hey guys, it's Kensley. It's just me this week, but I made sure I'm bringing you a very exciting and new episode. Just a heads up for this week's episode, I do have a special guest and you will hear clips of him throughout this episode. His name is John Wesley Anderson and he is connected to this case because he used to be a homicide detective and he is now an author and has written a book about this specific case. So I figured he would be the perfect person to interview and speak to about this case. My name is John Anderson. I'm a full-time author. I retired after a 30-year law enforcement career. I had 22 years with the Colorado Springs Police Department and was a homicide detective for six years, which is where I met, um, worked with Lou Smith. He was my homicide partner. You're listening to The Ugly Truth, and this is the case of John Benet Ramsey. John Benet Ramsey's life seemed glamorous, at least on the surface. She was born on August 6, 1990, to John and Patsy Ramsey. John Bonet spent much of her time competing in and winning beauty pageants for children. By the time she was six years old, John Bonet had already won titles like America's Royal Miss, List Middle, Little Miss Colorado, and National Tiny Miss Beauty, among other things. She also had posed for several glamour shots, which made some criticism kind of come her way because a lot of people saw that as inappropriate for her age. And other than this glamorous pageant life John Bonet seemed to have, she also had a very normal life outside of that. She lived with her two loving parents and her older brother, Burke. The family lived in Boulder, Colorado, and John Bonet attended High Peaks Elementary School. And on December 25th, 1986, the Ramsey family celebrated Christmas just like many families do across the globe. But this holiday would also be the day that changed the Ramseys' lives for the worse. Christmas Day went well for them, as it often did. And after that long day of festivities, Patsy Ramsey put her daughter to bed, expecting to see her in the morning. No one except the perpetrator or perpetrators knows exactly what happens next. Patsy Ramsey said she didn't know anything was wrong until around 5.30 a.m. the next morning. What caused her to worry was a piece of paper stuck to the stairs. It was a ransom note. And it was like two and a half pages of a ransom note. The note says, quote, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a paper brown bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. 
You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. And it's signed, Victory, S-B-T-C, like initials. So, a little interesting. And just to clarify, uh, it says in the ransom note that they don't approve of the country that John is serving in his work. So his company, he worked for Lockheed Martin. So he worked in technological advancement. And I guess whoever wrote this note didn't really love that. Anyways, back to the ransom note. For Patsy Ramsey, it only took reading until the words, quote unquote, we have your daughter for her to bolt up the stairs looking for John Bonet. And when her fears were confirmed and John Bonet was not in her bed, Patsy grabbed her husband, John, and told him to call 911, saying that there was a kidnapping. After 911 was called, police, family members, and friends all searched the home and surrounding areas. But there was no sign of John Bonet. And after a few hours of searching, most of the police left, leaving only Detective Linda Arndt to wait with the parents. Arndt, who found it odd that neither parent reacted when the kidnappers failed to call by 10 a.m., suggested that John Ramsey look through the house again. Maybe, she told him, he could see if anything seemed out of place. This is when John then went down into the basement, a place the police had not searched yet, which I find quite strange. And of course there, John found John Bonet's dead body. She had been brutally bludgeoned over the head, strangled with a garrote made from a nylon cord and one of her mother's paintbrushes, and possibly sexually assaulted. Later, John Ramsey said, quote, I knew instantly what I found. I found my daughter. She was lying on a white blanket. The blanket was wrapped around her. Her hands were tied above her head. She had tape over her mouth. After the grisly discovery, the Boulder Police Department made multiple mistakes that compromised the investigation, including allowing John Bonet's father to move the body and not interviewing the parents separately. Even before the body was found, the cops had allowed several visitors in the house contaminating the crime scene. Some house guests had cleaned the home, potentially eliminating fingerprints that may have been left behind. The uh, investigation was botched by the Boulder police from the very beginning. All right. Um, 
when the first officer arrived at the scene, he was handed the ransom note. It was not preserved for evidence. He mm-hmm. looked at it and handed it back. He did not uh, secure the crime scene. The uh, family was allowed to remain in the crime scene. And worse, um, there were people, uh, friends, and um, even the uh, Ramsey's uh, priest who was allowed into the crime scene, and they uh, handled um, evidence. Uh, the real tragedy here is that the victim's body, John Benet's body, who was six years old at the time, mm-hmm. was not found for another seven hours, and that really compromised the investigation. The cop's failure to properly secure the entire crime scene is believed to be one of the main reasons why the case has been so difficult to solve. Early on, the investigation into John Benet Ramsey's death was off to a rocky start. But when the autopsy came out of John Bonet, it was revealed that she died due to asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma, essentially meaning that she was strangled and hit in the head very hard. And of course, it didn't take long for suspicion to fall on John and Patsy Ramsey. After all, John Bonet's body had been found in her family home, making it likely that a close family member had been involved in her death. Her mother and father were also noticeably quick to lawyer up. According to the police, both parents were also wary of being interviewed. In fact, moments after the body was found, Detective Arndt wondered if John Ramsey had killed John Bonet. As she watched him carry his dead daughter up from the basement, she wondered if he'd try to kill her too. In an interview, Arndt said, quote, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me and consciously counting that I've got 18 bullets, end quote. So this detective is like fearful for her life. And early investigations did indeed seem to circle back to one place, the Ramsey house. The garrote used to kill John Bonet. It was made with one of Patsy's paintbrushes. The paper used for the ransom note, it was torn from a notepad that was already in the home. The pen, also found in the house. Even the content of the ransom note seemed suspicious. For one, it went on for pages and pages, while most ransom notes tend to be super short. And for another, the author was after an oddly specific amount of money, which was $18,000, and it turned, or $118,000, sorry. And it turns out that that was the exact same amount of money that John Ramsey had received as a bonus that year. His colleagues would later say that, quote, very few people other than John himself would be familiar with that number. And then police soon begin to consider John and Patsy Ramsey their primary suspects. The theory was that they'd killed John Bonet by accident and then staged a crime scene to make it look like she'd been killed by an intruder. Meanwhile, John Bonet's parents adamantly denied the accusations. In response to the accusations, John said, quote, We were outraged. We were shocked. How could they think that? We were a normal family. End quote. And soon after the news broke of the young girl's murder, photos of John Bonet and her pageant wear began circulating the media. The photos released made people believe even more that the Ramseys were guilty. People that saw the photos began seeing the Ramseys in a more negative light due to the fact that their daughter was in pageants so heavily. 
And Patsy defended her daughter's quote-unquote gift in pageantry, and John kept saying that John Bonet also had many other hobbies. However, as the mystery dragged on, some investigators started considering other options. Lou Smith, a Colorado detective called out of retirement to help with this case, initially considered it a quote-unquote slam dunk and suspected the parents. But the more he looked into it, the more he started doubting their guilt. Instead, Smith believed that a mysterious intruder had snuck in through one of the home's several open windows, specifically one that was in the basement, pointing to evidence like an unfamiliar shoe print near the crime scene and the possible mark of a stun gun on John Bonet's body. He argued that the unknown person was John Bonet, Ramsey's killer, but most Boulder police officers continued to focus primarily on John Bonet's parents. And eventually, Smith did resign from this case. And Lou Smith said, quote, I cannot in good conscience be a part of a persecution of innocent people, end quote. And I respect that. I think that's great. And you'll hear a lot of stuff about that in these clips from John Anderson. It was reported early in the investigation that there was no forced entry, that there were no footprints in the snow. Right. And what Lou found was that was not at all the case. Okay. And um, what what he found evidence of through the photographic evidence documented by the Boulder Crime Lab that morning of the uh, uh, when the crimes discovered December 26, 1996, is that there was no snow on the south side of the house. Um, for people who've lived in Colorado, they recognize that the southern facing side of right. the home gets most sunlight, and and the and the snow had already melted there, so yeah. there wouldn't be snow for the footprints. But more concerning for Lou is that there was a basement window that was standing wide open, and there was a large um, suitcase that had been propped up underneath that window. The window hmm. had been um, a window pane had been broken up by John Benet's father, John Ramsey, right. uh, that's the previous summer. Uh, he had accidentally locked himself out of the home. Gotcha. And so he crawled into the window well, broke the window pane closest to the lock, reached in, unlocked the window, crawled in through the window well into the basement. So John Ramsey still believes, or still blames the P- Boulder Police Department, saying that they were trying to make them look bad on purpose. And in 2008, there was a twist in the case when a new form of DNA testing found at least one unknown male's DNA on JonBenet's pajamas. Since the DNA did not belong to her relatives, the Ramsey family was officially cleared in the case two years after Patsy Ramsey had died of ovarian cancer. The most com- compelling evidence, I want to make sure that I yeah. can, uh, highlight this, is the um, unknown male DNA. Right. And uh, what what um, uh, Lou found was a lab report from the Colorado Bureau Investigation, CBI, which was dated December 30th, 1996. So within four days of the murder, three days after the autopsy, the um, fingernail scrapings and clippings from the victim's left and right hands had been collected at the autopsy and on December 30th, 1996, had been submitted to the crime lab 
And then on January 15th, 1997, just two weeks later, the results of the finger uh, nail clippings was released by the CBI along with um, a, um, a DNA biological sample that had been collected from uh, John Bonet's panties from the crotch area. Yeah. And what that CBI report confirmed was that the uh, DNA, uh, it was not a complete uh, set, but there are sufficient markers to say that they are consistent with the left um, uh, fingernails, the right fingernails, and the crotch of the panties, that they came most likely from the same individual. And those um, uh, DNA genetic markers were compared against the Ramsey family, all, all Ramsey family members, and also um, some of the other people who had immediate access to the home. And it was determined within three weeks of the murder that that DNA excluded all the Ramsey family members. Well, in the book, one of the things the publisher and I did was we struggled with how many photographs and which photographs of Lou's um, 632 slides that wow. he put together on this case. And uh, so what we did is we down-selected with the permission of Lou's family, who, who allowed me to use the photo, um, 87 of Lou's slides in the book. Yeah. So I, re I, I um, and the publisher went along with, with using uh, 36 um, photos in the uh, book, in the middle of the book, and then we, when the uh, ebook came out, and this is also helpful for uh, well, in the ebook there was uh, the original thirty-six slides, but in the okay. audio book we put another twenty-some slides that wow. are different than the first set of slides okay. on uh, the website for wildbluepress.com. The Ramses have never been the only potential suspects. Those who believe in the Ramses' innocence stand by the intruder theory. One popular branch of this theory is that a pedophile was behind the crime, especially considering John Bonet's heavy involvement in pageants. One early suspect was a local sex offender named Gary Oliva, who allegedly told a friend that he'd quote-unquote hurt a little girl shortly after the murder in 1996. However, DNA testing eventually cleared him in the case. Years later, in 2006, a pedophile named John Mark Carr confessed outright to killing John Benet Ramsey in a quote-unquote love game gone awry, but he too was soon cleared by DNA. Another branch of the intruder theory is that it was someone who the Ramseys personally knew. One intriguing potential suspect is their housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh. Not only did she carry a key to the home and know the family's schedule, but she may have also potentially seen a pay stub with John Ramsey's bonus. And according to Patsy Ramsey, Hoffman Pugh had recently asked for a loan of several thousand dollars, though it seemed unlikely that she would kidnap, ransom, and murder a child. Even if she was in dire need of the money, her alibi was not airtight as she claimed to be sleeping at the time of the murder. But that said, Hoffman Pugh has never been formally accused of involvement in the crime, and much of the evidence against her is largely circumstantial. So, it makes sense to me that someone that knew the Ramses did this, because 
of the situation with the window in the basement. It was propped open with supposedly a suitcase and someone would have had to know that that window was already broken for that to happen. And perhaps the most shocking theory is that John Bonet's brother, Burke, who was just nine years old at the time, was responsible for her death. This idea gained momentum after the release of the 2016 CBS docuseries, The Case of John Bonet Ramsey. The doc noted that undigested pineapple had been found in John Bonet's stomach, and a bowl of pineapple had been found in the kitchen, but Patsy denied preparing a bowl of pineapple for John Bonet. As the controversial theory goes on, Burke prepared the pineapple for himself as a late night snack. But when John Bonet took a piece, Burke supposedly hit her over the head with an object, perhaps a flashlight. Their parents, thinking John Bonet dead, then staged her murder in response to Burke supposedly killing her. But Burke Ramsey actually sued CBS for $750 million after releasing that documentary. And both parties just eventually settled. But for all the confessions, clues, and conspiracy theories, authorities are no closer to solving this case than they were in 1996. Or, as far as we know. But according to John Anderson, there is still investigation going on. But we're told that there is an active investigation currently uh, being conducted by the Boulder police. I know there was pressure put on um, with the uh, governor of Colorado Mm -hmm. who um, replied with a press release saying that the investigation was going to be referred to the Colorado cold case team. Decades after this murder, we're still asking the same question. Who killed John Benet Ramsey? And I asked John Anderson who he thought killed her. Here's his response. Um, so the question everyone wants to know, who do you think did it? Well, that's a great question, and I have to answer it this way. We don't know for certain who did it, but we do know for certain who did not do it. Yes. And certainly none of the Ramsey family, several of the people who were brought up early in the investigation were ruled out by the the DNA. Um, Some of that by the Boulder police themselves. And Lou was able to eliminate a number of people. Our team, our Smith family team, has been able to eliminate another 18 or 19 people independently. That's amazing. From DNA that we've uh, selected. So we can say with some confidence who did not do this. And we can also say with confidence that this case, like so many other cold cases going back 20, 30 years across the country, can be solved by reevaluating the physical evidence that's been there all along using the latest DNA technologies and applying that um, DNA um, sequence to uh, um, the databases that are, are out there. But only time will really tell if we'll ever get a clear answer. For now, it seems that the full truth about John Bonet Ramsey's death seems to have tragically died with her. 
but thank you guys so so much for listening to this case i super appreciate it i was talking to john and we were just talking about how how important it is that this case still gets solved like a poor innocent six-year-old girl got murdered and it's it's so sad and i think it deserves to be solved and john does believe that this can 100 percent still be solved if you know anything about john benet ramsey's death because we know someone out there does you can contact the boulder police department at 303-441-3333 and guys look into those slides that john was telling us about it's got a ton of information that lou smith discovered while he was a part of the investigation and john wesley anderson was given permission to upload those to a website because of Lou's family. So make sure you look at that for sure. Um, You will go to wildbluepress.com to look into those. Also check out John's book. It is called Lou and John Bonet. It's on Audible. You can buy it. It's I've read a little bit of it so far and it is so interesting. It has so much good information. So yes, don't forget wildbluepress.com, Lou and John Bonet the book, and make sure to just show John lots of love. So thank you guys again for listening. Super, super appreciate it. And I believe this case can be solved. I really do. So with all that being said, I will see you guys again next week. Bye-bye.